Welcome and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this powerful sermon, the Archbishop highlights the key strategies for success over the enemy by building spiritual capacity. This sermon will enlighten you on how to master and deepen your Christian life of victory. Discover more spiritual truths with the Archbishop's book, Providence and Destiny. Secure your copy today at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of revelation for you. Be impacted as you listen. Romans the 8th chapter and the first verse, Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is a very serious and important scripture, and we need to look at it carefully. We need to look at the pretext, the pretext to appreciate the context of the text. Amen. He said, there is now, therefore, there is now, therefore, no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Which stands to reason that you can be in Christ and walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. You can be in Christ and be carnal. You can be in Christ and mess up. You can be in Christ and miss the mark if you walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. So the only way you can have true mastering is for you to be led or driven by the spirit or walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Because the tendency to walk after the flesh and to be carnal even though you are in Christ, is there. Somebody say, it's there. Tell somebody, you can be in Christ and still be carnal. For the Bible says, by strength shall no man prevail. The Bible says, the Lord shall count iniquity, who can stand or who shall stand. Then the Bible says, not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord. Somebody say, I hear you. So, hear me. This is a reminder to remind you, every one of us, including myself, that you can be in Christ and be carnal if you walk after the flesh. And so we need to be reminded every now and then that being in Christ is not enough. You have to walk after the spirit to have mastering. Because if you don't walk after the spirit, you can be in Christ and be carnal. And I have to remind myself every now and then that, hey, you are in Christ. Because you are faced with all kinds of situations on daily basis. Anger, for instance, is the work of the flesh that can get you to miss the map. Simple anger. And I'll show you examples in the Bible. Great men, great women stood before Elohim, had relationship with Adonai, and missed it because of anger, impatience, things like fear, discouragement, great prophet, great prophet like Elijah, one of the best that ever lived, missed it. At the end, 
because of discouragement. He threw in the towel and gave up. He was discouraged. After great triumph of life and ministry, he got discouraged and gave up. Tell somebody don't quit. And the reason why this message is so critical is because what you don't deal with and master or conquer or overcome today can destroy you at your latter end. So we need to confront it. And, at, and every day we are faced with something or the other. Every day we are faced with trials, temptations. I was telling them at the first service that for some people, common dessert, common dessert, common Vanilla ice cream or strawberry ice cream is their greatest struggle. Look at me any way you want to look at me. Some people is chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. As simple as chocolate is, it's a serious problem for some sisters and some brothers. Chocolate. You are looking at me. Everybody is dealing with something. Tell somebody, do you know you are dealing with a demon? You, you have a demon. I know you are in Christ, but you are battling with a demon. And some of you, your greatest battle is your flesh. Tell somebody, your flesh, your flesh is your greatest demon. And I know, I know you are born again and I know you are in Christ. I said to them in the first service that a lot of people get shocked in the church when they see Christians acting in a certain way, they, they, they get shocked and say, how? In the church? Christians? I thought I left the world and I've come to God and I'm in church and look at what church people are doing <clears throat> in the church. Jealousy, envy, all these speculations, rumor mongering, lies, misrepresentation, hatred, and you mean this is also in church in the choir? I can't, I thought I thought church is I thought church is full of angels. You are you are naive. Naivety. There are no angels in the church. The church is full of sinners like you and I. We are all sick people and we come to church to be healed. All of us we are sick. Including myself, we need healing. Give somebody a high five and say, just want to remind you that you need healing. You, you need healing. Look at me. There are no angels in the church. There are no angels in the church. The Bible says that when the sons of God gathered the other day, Satan was in the mix of them. And none of the sons of God knew that Satan had come in the midst of them, except God. It was only God who descended and said, Satan, what do you want here? And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place looking for something to do. And he said, okay, let me give you something to do, but you can't be here. You, you are not invited. You can't be here. Get out. I'll give you something to do. Go, 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 go tempt Job. Go test Job. But here you can't be here. The sons of God gathered and Satan was in the mix of them. When the children of Egypt left Egypt, <clears throat> Pharaoh pursued them to bring them back. And the Bible said when an evil spirit leaves a man, he goes walking in dry places 
And the evil spirit will say, I will return to my house from whence I came. So every one of us, before we got born again, Satan was our master. We serve him. Sin was our master. And we were slaves. And demons and Satan hasn't given up. They are still looking for ways and means to get us to come back and to, and to lord it over us again. And the best way they can get you and I is to come into the church, follow you into the church, and find ways of means to use people in the church to get at you, including me, the archbishop. They can use anything to get you out. They can tell you that I'm preaching you even though your name is not in the Bible. They can tell you I don't like you. So so and so don't like you. They are talking about you. Did you see the way they look at you? They hate you. They are jealous of you. They are envious of you. They whisper. We call it whisperings. There are whisperings in the church. So don't be fooled. And the best place he can get hold of you is in the church. Because out there, it's easy to discern when unbelievers are on your case. You understand that they are unbelievers. So they can be used by demons. But in the church, you don't expect demons to operate in the church. You expect angels and Holy Spirit to operate. You are joking. Demons work in the church. They work through people. They work through you and I. So stop looking at me that way and stop having that mentality. Oh, that in the church we are all angels. Who told you? There are no angels in the church. There are human beings like you and I in the church. Say yes. Somebody say, thank you, Papa. Thank you for waking me up. You've been sleeping. You've been fooled and deceived. The spirit of Pharaoh has pursued you to the church. He knows that you come here for refuge, for deliverance, for the word to build your faith, to strengthen you. So if he can come and attack you at the source of your spiritual strength and power and get you out of here, and back out there, he has a hold on you. So he will come and attack you in the church. So stop being surprised and being shocked. When you see church people acting some way, don't be shocked, don't be surprised because this is the best place Pharaoh can follow you in order to get you to come back into bondage. So don't be fooled and stop being deceived. And it doesn't matter how many churches you change, he will pursue you till he gets hold of you. And any plant that keeps being planted and uprooted, planted and uprooted, planted and uprooted, never bears fruit. Stay planted. And hear me, every promised land God has for you, there are giants there. Giants. But they mean nothing to the promise of God. They are nothing. The problem is not the giants, it's you. It's how you perceive it. They said, we were in our eyes as grasshoppers, and so were we in their eyes. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, so they, they acted as grasshoppers, and their enemies saw them as grasshoppers. How do you see and perceive yourself? You can be in Christ and miss it, so don't be fooled. Being in Christ is not enough. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh 
but after the spirit. So if you walk after the flesh, you can be in Christ. And walk after the flesh, you always be under guilt. But if you walk by the spirit and after the spirit, you know, I was telling them at the first service, baby, about this uh, 24 hours movie. You know, I, I had it and some of my sons in America sent it to me. I like action movies, Steve Zigar, you know. Oh, seven, James Bond, last things to kill. <clears throat> I like those movies, you know. And there was this particular one, 24 hours. I was watching it <clears throat> for weeks. Then at a particular time, it got so intense and I wanted to see the end of it. There, are, there is a bad curiosity. Sometimes you become curious, curious. You dig and dig and dig and you fall into a ditch. Three days, I, I won't bath. I will eat in bed. And I was watching this movie. Three days. The thing caught me. It was an addiction. A demonic virus. It got hold of me. Archbishop. Three days. And Rosa wasn't in town. She wasn't in town, so I had the freedom. Nobody can convict me except the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost wasn't minding me because I wasn't paying attention to him. And after three days, when I saw how the thing got hold of me, I said to myself, this is demonic. Anything that can capture me three days, I don't read my Bible, I don't pray, nothing. For three days, I said, this thing is demonic. So I said in the name of Jesus, I break your hold and power. I deny and strip you. You will not seduce me. You will not bewitch me. You will have no power over me from today. So I remove all the DVD and I pack them all. Put it under the shelf by the television. Three years now is there. I haven't touched it. I said you will not have power over me. And I'm not, I'm not throwing it away. You will stay here and I will show you by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Ghost that you have no power over me. It's still there. You won't believe it. After that, you know what happened to me? There was another one. It was Rosa that introduced me to that one. They call it scandals. Scandals. Something Pope. What is her name? Emilia Pope. Olivia Pope. That one too is very addictive. And he kept going on. And that one, it comes on on Thursday. So I planned my program and everything. So by Thursday at a particular time, I'll be free to watch it. And it doesn't matter where I am, I will close and get home to watch it. When I'm in America, Thursdays I don't, it's my resting day. My times of meditation, it's a lie. I have to watch Scandal. Then I kept watching the thing and it never stopped, it kept going. Then I want to know what happened to the president and what happened to Olivia Pope's father. And the thing went on, went on, went on, went on. And one day I woke up and I said, this one too is becoming a snare. Nothing must have power over me. I must be a lord and a master. I must conquer. Nothing must have a hold on me. And I said, this thing is becoming addictive. In the name of Jesus, I break loose. I break free. I break out. I renounce your hold over me. In the name of Jesus, from that day, Every Thursday, I don't watch Scandal. I stop it. Some of you, African movies. You 
can sit behind African movie 27 hours. And you say, me, I don't drink. I don't sing. African movie, what you feed the most is what grows the most. You are feeding your emotions. So you are emotionally driven and emotionally controlled. Polluting your mind with all kinds of philosophies and superstitions by African movies. Not feeding your faith with the word of God. African movie, it gets hold of you. What is it that has a hold on you? As a child of God, being in Christ, nothing must have a hold on you. And the only way you can master whatever you are dealing with is when you walk after the spirit and not after your flesh. Jealousy. Jealousy is in the church. Envy is in the church. Fear. Some people, they can't sleep in the night with the dark. They have to leave the light on. They can't sleep in darkness. As soon as the light goes up, who is there? Tell someone, there's nobody there. It's you that is there. Did you hear what I heard? I didn't hear anything. I heard you. But the fact that you can sleep in darkness and somebody else cannot sleep in the darkness but needs light does not give you the audacity to be critical of that person. Because you may not have fear of darkness but you have fear of something else. You know there are some people they have fear of dogs. Fear of cats, fear of cockroach, cockroach, cockroach as common as cockroach is. It can cause some people to shiver and call upon Jesus. Some people snake. All kinds of things scares people. Everybody is dealing with something. But we have to learn to bear with one another. And cannot be critical of others. No matter what they do or they go through. Because God deals with everybody at their own pace and level. The way God deals with me is different from the way he deals with you. I have learned to be patient with people. Because I've seen people sometimes in church that act some way. And you look at them as if there is no hope for them. And suddenly they turn around. And you ask yourself, is that so, so and so? Oh yeah, you know when we go to heaven a lot of you will be shocked Because there are some people we thought would never go to heaven eh? You see them there And one of the conclusions I've come to Is this And that is why I've learned not to be critical of people And to judge people Apart from what 1 Corinthians 4 says That let no man judge anyone Until the coming of the Lord because when he comes, then shall the secret of all men be revealed. And the things in darkness will come out. Is this. I've come to the conclusion, even dealing with my own kids, that it's not everything I talk about. It's 
not everything. Some that say, hey, don't do this and be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. Do this. I stop. I pray and deploy the Holy Spirit. Because I've come to the conclusions, eh? when people change without the conviction of the Holy Ghost, they'll do it again. It will keep happening. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Even with my wife and my children, loved ones, I have to let the Holy Spirit convict them. Because the Bible says, it's the spirit that convicts of sin, judgment, and of righteousness. It's the spirit. Not man, not the preacher. Not the archbishop. It's the spirit. And when the Holy Spirit does not convict people of sin, judgment, and of righteousness, and of anything, and we try to force them to change, it's a matter of time to go back to it. But when the spirit convicts, when the spirit convicts, and they get it by the spirit, by illumination and revelation, and they walk away, you have a son, you have a daughter, you have a friend, and you have a loved one. Come on, put your hands together. And that is what we need in the church. We need to deploy the Holy Spirit to work in the church to convict people instead of forcing people to change. That's why people come to me and say, Papa, you have to talk about some of these sisters, the way they dress. Hmm? Got to preach it from the pulpit. That is not part of my, my message. My assignment is not to tell sisters how to preach. That is the responsibility of the elder women in the church. The elder women must call them aside and love them and talk to them in love. Not to criticize them and be hard on them. And hear me, hear me. Billy Graham said, avoid the second look. And I'll show you why. The first time you can see her shim on your face like that, you can't control that one. But after you see her, the first one, don't get into curiosity to say, let me check it out. <laughs> Avoid the second look. So after the first time, you can't control that. But the second one, you can control it. Look somewhere else and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody, avoid the second look. And I'll show you why you must avoid the second look. You see, if we can understand these simple principles, Christianity is enjoyable, it's possible, it's effective, it's exciting. But we are so uptight, judgmental of everybody, and we become hypocrites like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The sad to see people, Pharisees, far to see the truth. Hmm? Can't do that. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 33. Luke 4, 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. Where, 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 where was the man? With the spirit of an unclean devil. Where? In the synagogue. Where? Go ahead. And he cried out with a loud voice. He was in the church. Look at Mark. Mark chapter 1. Verse 23. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out. Where was the, where was the demon? Where? 
<laughs> the what? The unclean spirit. The demon was where? In the church. So stop being fooled. Sometimes I hear people say, well, uh, action is too big a church for me. So I decided to go to this church. It's a small church. You are being fooled. It's a matter of time. The small church will grow. The young shall grow. So stop being fooled. That's why we have home cells in the church. Community churches in your community so you can born with few people. Just about 8, 5, 10 maximum people in your community. That's why we have different departments in the church. So you can join a department. But the trick of the devil is to isolate you in the church. So you are in the church. But you are not committed. You are not rooted. You are not planted. You are not involved. You are isolated. Isolation leads to elimination. You got to be involved. Cut your left hand or your right hand or leg. You see what the pain your whole body goes through. It's dangerous to be in the church and not be involved in anything. It's spiritual suicidal. I'm telling you. And it's part of the trick of them to fool people that it's enough to be in church. And those of you who come to church only on Sunday and you don't come to Wednesday, spiritually you are backsliding. You are becoming lukewarm. You are dying softly. Killing me softly. You are dying. It's just a matter of time. And you begin to come to church on Christmas service, 31st night, weddings, funerals, and Easter Sunday. Then Easter Sunday, you wear black. No, Friday, Easter Friday, you wear black because Jesus is dead, even though he's alive. Then Sunday, you wear white. Then we don't see you again until another Easter. You have backslided. You are lukewarm. You are not hot and you are not cold. Coming to church on Sunday don't make you a Christian. We need you to continue in the truth throughout the whole week, especially being in Bible studies on Wednesday. What you feed the most grows the most. You don't feed your spirit once a week, you will die spiritually. Marriages are dying today because we are not feeding our love and what you don't feed will die. Just wishing and expecting and design that your marriage should work, don't guarantee it. It won't work. You have to feed faith. You have to feed your love. And the love will feed the relationship. If you don't feed it, and you feed every other thing, all the things you are feeding and paying attention to will live. But what you are not feeding and ignoring will die. Because God put it together does not mean you shouldn't feed love. If you don't feed it, it will die. Okay, quickly, my time is going. Lord have mercy. Come with me to the book of Genesis 4-7. Let me run through some few scriptures quickly. Genesis 4-7. Mm -hmm. I'm reading from the Amplified. Amplified. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Mm -hmm. And if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. Mm -hmm. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. He said, master it. Be a master of sin. That means overcome it, conquer it. Be Lord over it. But it desires to have you. Sin has a desire to have you. To lord it over you. What was the sin here? Jealousy and envy. Jealousy and envy of his own brother. 
and he didn't master it, he didn't deal with it, and he led to murder and slew his brother in cold blood. His own blood brother, flesh of his flesh, and blood of his blood. He slew him in cold blood. Murder. But it was jealousy and envy that was not addressed and dealt with. You can be in Christ and be jealous and be envious of your brethren. In the church, you can be jealous and envious of others. In the church, in Christ, if you walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. Turn to somebody and say, are you envious and jealous of anyone? Numbers 20, 10 to 12. The meekest man that ever lived. Look at something that happened to him. 80 years of following God and he was disqualified at the end. May we not be disqualified. And this is the reason why I'm reminding you and myself that you can walk with God and serve God and be in church and be in Christ. And if you don't walk after the spirit, you can live a carnal life. And there is a possibility that at the end of the race, we can be disqualified. But may God forbid. Paul said, I bring my body under. What does that mean? I buffet. I master my body, my emotions. Less after that I have preached to others, I myself be disqualified. You can win the race. And if you go against the rules of engagement, you can win the race and be disqualified. May we not be disqualified. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Not and Moses uh -huh. and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with, the, with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. You see, two things here. One is unbelief. Unbelief. Tell somebody, you either believe or you don't believe. There's no middle ground. Simple. He said, because you believe me not, unbelief is something we must master and deal with. So you can be in Christ. If you walk after the flesh, you will walk in unbelief. And Moses did not believe God with Aaron. God said, speak to the rock. And he smote the rock. Number two, it was an anger problem. And he inherited it from his grandfather, Levi. Levi, the son of Jacob. That anger problem was swimming in the bloodline from his grandfather to his father and to him. Anger. It was anger that compelled him to kill the Egyptian man. It was anger that compelled him to destroy the Ten Commandments the first time. Anger. And this time around, this anger, the man was the meekest man upon the earth. And yet, there was this negative current and this negative energy flowing in the bloodline from the grandfather Levi till the age of 80 years after 80 years of working with God 120 years old 80 years of working with God and that anger prevented him from entering the promised land whatever it is in your life and in my life programmed 
to disqualify us at the end of the race through the blood of Jesus, let it be taken out of the way. Let it be cancelled, cancelled. In the name of Jesus, say amen. Anger. You have to master it. If you don't master it, it will destroy you at your latter end. One of the problems of the strongest man that ever lived, Samson, Samsonite suitcases, you know, is named after him. Samsonite, Samson, strong, strong. Strongest man that ever lived than Hercules, you name it. What killed and destroyed Samson was one thing. He was a loner. He didn't move with anybody. He was strong and he was smart. I worry about smart people. People who are smart, they always figure it out. But wise people don't figure it out. Wise people take precaution. Prevention is better than cure. Don't be smart, be wise. Tell somebody, don't be smart, be wise. Knowledge makes you smart, but experience makes you wise. Amen. First Samuel chapter 13 verse 10, King Saul, King Saul, two problems he had here, King Saul, two problems, look at it. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. You see, if you study the scriptures carefully, you find out that the prophet told him he will come to him in seven days. He said, I'll come in seven days to perform the sacrifice. So gather all of Israel. First day, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Seven day, he didn't come in the morning. He didn't come in the afternoon. And the Bible said that the people began to scatter and everybody started leaving and going home because the prophet hadn't come. And two problems he had. Number one is image 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 and it's a big problem in the church image being in the good books of people and how people perceive you political correctness that was his number one problem the people were living he was the king the president he had promised the people that the prophet was coming and they had waited until the seventh day and people began to leave he felt embarrassed I've given my word. The prophet has disappointed me. The people are not coming. And it wasn't his lot to perform the sacrifice. And yet, he took it upon himself on the seventh day. And the prophet came as soon as, the seventh day he came. But he didn't come in the morning. He didn't come in the afternoon. He came somewhere in the evening. And the Bible said, as soon as he performed the sacrifice, which was not his lot to perform, the prophet came and said, why did you do what you did? Why? Didn't I tell you I'll come on the seventh day? The second problem he didn't deal with was impatient. And a lot of us are impatient with God. And we are impatient with one another. Sometimes somebody say delayance. Somebody say delayance are not denials. 
Sometimes we can wait and wait and wait. And just before the miracle, we throw in the towel and say, I'm tired. God understands. And we try something else. Just when the miracle is about to happen, you get weary. You get tired. You become impatient. And you quit. It's dangerous. When you've waited all these years to quit like that. If you wait a little longer, you see the miracle. But God never comes on your terms. He comes on his own terms. In his time, he makes all things beautiful. Job 14, 14, the Bible says, For all the days of my appointed time, I will wait till my change comes. And waiting is difficult, but waiting is a sign of spiritual maturity. It doesn't matter how gifted you are, how anointed you are. If you can't wait, you are not mature. Spiritual maturity requires the capacity to endure stamina, waiting power. And it's difficult. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. When it comes to waiting, I don't like waiting at all. That's why you, you hear the name, action, action. I want it now. Action. That's why I watch action movie. That was what led me to scandal in 24 hours. It's all this action, action, action. I don't like slow motions. Hmm? But the Bible said, running the race set before you with speed. Is that what it says? Speed, but what? Patience, endurance, staying power. Tell somebody, wait. Tell them, it's painful, but you got to wait. Amen. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. And it came to pass after the year was expired, mm -hmm. at the time when kings go forth to battle. You see, at the time, it was a particular time. I pray that you won't miss your timing. I pray that no man and woman here will miss your timing. In the name of Jesus, say yes. yes. Say, I will not miss my timing. One of the tricks of the enemy is to manipulate times and seasons to get you and I to miss it. But I pray that you won't miss it this week. You will not miss it this week. All singles, note this. The 15th is a Friday. The 15th is a holiday. I think it's next week Friday. This coming Friday, eh? From 9 a.m. Friday to Saturday 6 a.m. in the morning, 24 hours, me and my team are meeting you here. We are going to pray through some things, break some things, disentangle you from some things, break some yokes, free you from certain ordinances, and whatever is preventing you from breaking through. You know, I was told recently one of my spiritual daughter, she just married at the age of about 56 or so. It, 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 it was never meant to be that way. It's an error. And I'll prove it to you. It's an error. Where 
You serve the Lord all these years. No kids. And you marry at a time when you can't have children. And your years have all gone by. And I don't want any brother or sister here to be arrogant with that political correctness. And learning the ways of strangers saying that. Well, is there anything wrong about being single? I, I, I'm not going to that prayer meeting. I don't want it to look like I'm desperate. Yes, you are. And one of the reasons why you must attend, the Bible says, for God said it is not good for the man or the woman to be alone. It's never the will of God for you to be alone. Unless you are a eunuch and you are giving special grace not to marry, then praise the Lord, pray for us. But some of us, we don't have the grace not to marry. You can look at me any way you want to look at me, but stop this foolishness. Or saying, well, as for me, I'm okay the way I am. I'm minding my own business. I want my freedom. What kind of freedom? Please, give me a break. If I put, if I put CC, camera, CC camera in your bedroom, I will see some things. So stop all this. I like it the way I am. You don't like it the way you are. You need a breakthrough. Hello? I want all the singles to give me a wave offering and a shout. All singles, give me a wave offering and a shout. You know, I was telling one of my daughters this morning, I said, I said, I need to pray for you and break something over you. And she said, what? And I said, I was just checking something and I discovered that I named you after my grandmother. And I watch all the women named after her. And I've come to the conclusion that I need to pray for you and break her yoke over you. Sometimes we name our children after all kinds of people without taking into consideration what their yoke and their demon and their curse is. And sometimes we did it in ignorance. And some of you, you are walking and there are all kinds of things following you, blocking you. I know a lady in this church, she dated three guys and they died. And I told her, you are not dating anybody anymore. And I said, if you date anybody, I will tell them they will die. So until we break the yoke, don't date anybody. When they come, tell them not available. Thank you so much. Why are you looking at Papa that way? What is wrong with you? We don't want to deal with issues in the church. We want to make everything beautiful and everything nice. But it is not so. There are issues in the church. Put your hands together. Give God a shout. I dealt with another sister. Anytime a man proposed to her and the thing becomes serious, for whatever reason, the man disappears. He will disappear. Not die, but disappear. Will call, won't return her call, can't find him, leave the city, leave his job, go somewhere, for whatever reason. Then I've met also ladies, when you marry them, you go to prison. Yeah. You go to prison. 
How did you know? I found out. They married two, three times, and all the, the men went to prison. Yeah. You know what it is? It's spiritual marriage. They are married to a spirit. And I asked them, tell me the circumstances under which your mother took pregnant, took seed of you. And they'll say, oh, my mother wasn't having children. She went to a river. She went there. She went there. And, and they did this and they did that. And when I was born, I was named after the river and this and that. I met a man of God, strong man of God. I won't mention the name, somewhere in Africa. He married. And every night, he contended with a snake. A snake. And I won't tell you the outcome. Another man of God came to me and said, what is the meaning of my dream? Anytime I dream, I see myself sleeping with a snake. What is the meaning? I say, I know not. I should tell you the meaning of your dream. No way. I ain't telling you. Brother, go to God about it. Hello? You look at me any way you want to look at me. But we need to hear some of these truths. We don't want to hear the truth. I was telling them in the first service that one of the things I find out that so many people come to me and say, Papa, you need to talk to the president. You need to talk to the people in authority. You are a voice in this country. Say something. And I say, I ain't saying nothing. My pulpit is not to condemn and to attack and to criticize politicians. It's to preach the word of God. And one of the things we are not doing, one of the things we are doing, I've been around for a little bit, from the days of Kutue Champon to Liman, all the days to PNDC time and to, and to NDC time and MPP, I've seen them all. And they are all in this church, including CPP. They are all here. And I see the way people can engage you and transfer their offense to you so that you pick up their fight. And I've learned not to do that again. I'm not picking anybody's fight. If you have a problem, go talk to those in authority. And don't tell me to go and talk to the president. I'm not a politician and I haven't ruled a nation before. President Kufua is still alive. President Rawlings is still alive. President John Dramani Mahama is still alive. They have been president before. Go and talk to them to advise the president. Because they have been president. I haven't been president before. And I'm not going to use my pulpit to attack any politician. That is not what I'm called to do. Let me tell you what our responsibility is as Christian. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And we are doing everything else. We are criticizing, we are condemning, we are murmuring, we are complaining, but we are not doing what the Bible says. First, first, he said, I exalt. I exalt, therefore, that first of all. Before you take the offering, the tithe, praise, worship, testimony, everything, I exalt, first of all. First of all, I exalt. I exalt. I exalt, therefore, that, first of all. First of what? First of what? First of all, before the choir sings, first of all. I exalt, therefore, that, first of all. What? Supplication. What is supplication? Petition. Petition. Appeal to God. Appeal. Ask. Make demand before the throne. Beg. Then he said prayers. Plural. 
prayers. All kinds of prayers. Deploy all kinds of prayers. Then he said, intercession. Stand between the porch and the altars. Hold back the powers of evil. There are forces of evil that want to hijack the destiny of this country. And all we are doing is criticizing and attacking and complaining. And they can say, Papa, things are bad. As if I'm not in this country. As if I don't live here. I live here. I feel what you are feeling. I feel what you are feeling. But I have to go God's way. I got to do it God's way. And then he said, intercession. Giving of tongues. Be made for all men. Whether they are Christians, Muslims, Jews, whatever. For all men. Go ahead. For kings, presidents, presidents, for kings, for kings. The, what do you call it? Uh, the Togbe, the Togbe of the Volta, and the Amagahos. Pray for them. Hmm? And Garmanche, and all that are in authority. That we may lead world. Look at the benefits. A quiet. You know what that quiet word, that word quiet means? Calm. Un, undisturbed atmosphere. An atmosphere conducive for business and investments. That's number one benefit if we do that. Number two. Peace. 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 It's the second benefit. And we won't have peace unless we do it God's way. Condemning and criticizing will not give us peace. Now I'm not saying things are not bad because I live in this country. I'm not saying everything is okay. And I'm not saying the people in authority are angels. That's not what I'm saying. But if we don't do it God's way, the forces of evil will hijack the nation. And I've seen people when they're in opposition... They come and talk to me about you wait till we come into office and they do the same thing. And then the other people come, they complain, complain, and they do the same thing. It's a vicious cycle. You know why? Because flesh and blood cannot stand principalities and powers. You know, I was talking to a pastor the other day in London and he was telling me that there's this particular lady that comes to see him for prayers. And he said, every time she comes to see me, I feel sexy. I feel sexy all over my body. I feel my body wakes up. My sex, everything wakes up. What is it? And I said, she has a seducing spirit. And whenever she comes into your presence, she comes to inject you. She's injecting you. Injection. So he said, what do you, I say, block it. Block that current. I said, it's a current, it's an energy that whenever she comes to your presence, she's injecting you and she's slowly neutralizing your resistance and removing your defenses. Slowly, softly. Hear me. It's not about how intelligent you are. You can be intelligent and spirit will embarrass you. You can be intelligent and smart. If you don't walk by the spirit, even though you are in Christ, this flesh can embarrass you. 
Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. And stop looking at me the way you are looking at me. So he said, peace. Look at the next one after peace. The second benefit, the third one. Godliness. He said, godliness. 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 That doesn't come by talking and grumbling and complaining and fighting ourselves. <clears throat> We're destroying ourselves. That's what we're doing. The next one, after godliness, is honesty. Those are benefits if we pray for those in authority. But those things won't come by attacking, criticizing, being critical. It's not going to come. We either do it God's way or our way. And he said, my ways are not your ways. Neither am I taught your thoughts. Your ways will lead you to destruction. The Bible said there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. And the end thereof is death. Your own way will lead you to death. And we are leading this nation to death and to destruction through political correctness. And through our loyalties to our political parties, we are killing this nation softly. Destroying the country. In the name of my party has the best policies. But we need a national vision. We need a national vision for this country. A national manifesto. That any political party that comes into office will follow that national manifesto and not their own manifesto. So that there can be continuity in this country. It doesn't matter how smart your party is, you don't have all the answers. Let me move on. You see, that's another problem. Oh, because my father was a politician. So it's something I need to master. Because every now and then that politics demon tried to lift up his head in me. You know, the other day I was saying something and I sounded like Kwame Nkrumah. And I said, hmm, this thing is not good. Then I realized that it's my father. It's my father's demon. CPP demon. You know, I was saying something about what Kwame Nkrumah said. That, that he said that the independence of Ghana is meaningless until it is connected to the total liberation of the continent of Africa. <laughs> then I said, hmm, Achimi, you can, you can be snared by some of these things who are not even knowing that you've been snared by it. Amen? Okay, let's finish quickly. My time is gone. And it came to pass after the year was expired, mm -hmm. at the time when kings go forth to battle, mm -hmm. that David went, sent Joab and his mm -hmm. servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Let's Jerusalem. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. It was at the time when kings went Second forth Samuel to battle. 11, 1 and 2. Yeah. Second Samuel 11, 1 and 2. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass after the year was expired. Mm -hmm. At the time when kings go forth to battle, mm -hmm. that David sent Joab mm -hmm. and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem, uh -huh. and it came to pass in an even time uh -huh. that David arose from off his bed. His own bed. His bed. Go ahead. And walked 
upon the roof of the king's he house. He walked upon the roof of his own house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. Look at me. It doesn't matter how anointed and gifted you are and how intelligent and smart you are. Satan can show you something. Turn to somebody and say, what are you seeing? And to another person say, what has he shown you? What has he shown you? Or what is he showing you? He took Jesus to a high mountain. And the Bible said he did what? He showed him the riches and the glory of this world. He can show you something. Go ahead. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Somebody say, mercy. Go ahead. And David sent and inquired after the woman. David did what? He sent and inquired after the woman. Uh -huh. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, mm -hmm. the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Mm -hmm. And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified. Billy Graham said, Billy Graham said, avoid the second look. If he had mastered that issue by the first look, the rest wouldn't have happened. You know what led him to it? Two things. Curiosity. He wanted to check it out. Tell somebody, don't check it out. Number two, David's triumph was a result of the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And this time, the Ark of the Covenant was at the battlefield and he was in his palace without the presence of God. For those of you who don't come to Wednesday services, you can be ensnared in your own palace. He was in his own palace. And the enemy got him right there in his own palace. When he should have been at the field of battle where the presence of God was, he was in his own palace, enjoying the comfort of his palace. That was when it happened. I'd rather be in the wilderness and in the desert with his presence than to be in the beauty of my palace without the presence of God. It's a good place to put your hands together to shout and give God the glory. Come on, shout and say yes. Okay, let's move on. Come with me to 2 Samuel. No, we, we, we're true with that. Come with me to 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 1. <clears throat> And King Solomon loved many strange women. Solomon has a problem. And this problem, eh, it's been in the blood. It started from Abraham. When you study my teaching on patterns of the bloodline, paradigms, you see there. This issue of Solomon, it came from the great grandfather, God's friend, Daddy Abraham. And David had the same issue, and nobody mastered it. Look at what became of Solomon. Go ahead. And Solomon, Solomon loved many strange women together uh -huh. with the daughter of Pharaoh, uh -huh. women of the Moabites, uh -huh. Ammonites, uh -huh. Edomites, uh -huh. Zidonians, hey. and Hittites. Aladugada la basada. Amambola gidalukada bosikaya hataya. Hey! Read it one more time. But King Solomon loved many strange women. What do you love? Turn to someone and say, what do you love? And turn to somebody and say, why do you love strange things? 
Because some of you, you are in Christ, but you love strange things. I've seen some sisters, they don't like good men. They like sick men. In the church. I know what I'm telling you. I said, I said, how about this one? I said, oh no, this one, I don't like him that way. I like him as a brother, not that way. So what are the type and the kinds you want? Sick and crazy. Orangus. <laughs> Luciferians. Those are the kind, they like men that will beat them. Maltreat them, mishandle them. And if you look at their bloodline, all the women in their family go for strange men. Lazy men, men who don't work. And the women will work and feed them. Those are the kind that type. Strange! That's why you need to be at the prayer meeting on Friday. And stop doing all those things you are doing and get some help. Come on, shout. Put your hands together and give God praise. Finish reading it quickly. But King Solomon loved many strange women. Together many, with not few, many strange women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter. Women of the Moabites. Hey. Ammonites. Jesus. Edomites. Yes. Zidonians. Yehovah. And Hittites. Mercy. Put your hands together and shout mercy. All right. Let's finish quickly. First Kings. 19, 2 and 3. 1 Kings 19, 2 and 3. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, uh -huh. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. He, he gave up the ministry. He went on retirement. Yeah. When he heard, he saw. What did he see? He saw what Jezebel said. Jezebel didn't appear to him. Spirit of intimidation, fear, threatenings, inhibition, discouragement. If you don't master it, it can destroy you. After such a great triumph of calling fire from heaven, he ran from the message of a woman called Jezebel. Spirit of intimidation and threatenings, discouragement. And one of his problems was the fact that he was a loner. He walked alone. He was so anointed that there was nobody. He had no peers. Learn to relate to others. Connect. Be part of the church. Be planted. Don't be on your own. Stay alone, you die alone. There are people who have died in their apartments and nobody knew they were dead. Because they weren't connected to anybody. They were loners, minding their own business. Don't trust anybody. Don't connect to anybody. God never intended that anybody should be an island to themselves. Everybody needs somebody. Tell somebody, you may not need me today. You may not need me right now. Because I don't mean anything to you. But you will need me one of these days. I'm telling you. He didn't deal with it. He didn't master it. And at the greatest point of his life, at the peak of ministry, he had to resign, return, and give up. And God said, okay, come home. And he was taking off the sin prematurely. I pray through the blood of Jesus that nobody here will be taking off the sin prematurely. I pray that you will not be taken away in the midst of your pick. 
but you need to learn mastering. Have to master your fears. Master the feeling of discouragement. Oh, I've been there several times. I've been at a place where I wanted to throw in the towel and quit and give up. Sometimes you follow congregation members and you follow betrayers, people that have betrayed me and stabbed me at the back, people that I gave them my microphone, my pulpit, gave them exposure, open doors for them, and they use the openings I gave them to stab me and exploited my congregation and had people who have worked on for years follow them and lead them into error and mischief. And if I try to rescue and save those people, they turn against me when I'm trying to rescue them. So I have to leave them and trust God. And if I follow after that, I'll be a very, very bitter person. And I don't want to age badly. Even though I've lost some of my hair. <clears throat> I don't, I'm, t I, I'm not losing certain things. I'm reversing aging. But I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be bitter. And if I walk after the flesh, I'll be a very bitter person. Because I've seen all kinds of betrayals at all levels. People scheming against you, looking into things. Your business is trying to find something to hurt you, to discredit you, to embarrass you, to shame you, hey, to silence your voice. Meanwhile, you haven't done anything to them, but they've been incited and injected by demons, spirit of hatred, to bring you down, to make a point. But may they be disappointed in the name of Jesus. May they become like Oreb and Zamuna. And may they become as chaff before the wind. And may they be like smoke that disappeared, yea, by the wind. And let them be like the chariots and the horses of the pharaohs of Egypt that were drowned in the Red Sea by the terror of the Lord our God. May their faces be filled with shame. And disappointment and may the evil they have intended for us turn for our good may God give us double honor for our shame in the name of Jesus hey. put your hands together and talk to the father for one minute Paparia Adei Hidalamangadalaha Sipandalamakasoba. Amen. Please be seated. Demas. Let's look at Second Timothy 4:10. For New Demas, Demas has forsaken me. New Testament. Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world. Having loved this present. You know there are people, eh? They love this world and God. The Bible says, love not the law, the, this well, for he that loveth this well, the love of the Father is not in him. And there are people in church, but they love this well. They love their tribes than the church. They love their football clubs than they love God. They love this world. They will choose this well of their tribe to Christ and to God. Demas! Have forsaken me. Having loved this present world. Mm -hmm. And it's and it departed uh -huh. unto Thessalonica. Mm -hmm. Christians to Galatia and Titus unto Dalmatia. Forsake and give up the things of God because of the love of this world. He came back later on. He came back. 
after many years, came back to himself. I pray that you come to yourself. Let me give you one scripture, Luke chapter 22, verse 3. We'll stop here and we'll look at the things we need to do on Wednesday to learn true mastering. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, mm -hmm. being of the number of the twelve. Being what? Of the number of the twelve. Being what? One of the twelve. Turn to somebody and say, what has entered you? No, ask them, what has entered you? Because you can be in Christ and be in the church and offenses can enter you. Unforgiveness can enter you. Envy can enter you. Jealousy can enter you. Fear can enter you. Discouragement can enter you. Arrogance can enter you. Pride can enter you. What has entered you? Ask somebody, ask two people, excuse me, excuse me. This is not me. Papa said I should ask you. It's Papa or it's not me. It's Papa. He said I should ask you, what has entered you? Can be in church. And you are sitting down there. Even this message I'm preaching, something has entered you. Yeah. A whispering spirit has entered you. And he's telling you that I'm preaching you, even though you are not in the Bible. We know you are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven. 3615111 Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.